Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 23 is our text for a series that we're in called How to Really Know God. Jeremiah 9.23, can we read it loudly and read it all together? And let's fill this house with the voice of God's word today. Can we do it? Ready? Read. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. He's saying if you're wise, if you're mighty, If you're rich, all those things are good, but don't make that your thing. The thing that we ought to take glory in, the thing in life that really matters eternally is do we understand and do we know the Lord? Really, that should be number one on our goal list. If if you're a person who does goals, we should have on our goal list. I want to know God this year in a better way. I want to understand God this year. So we have five teachings in this series, and today is number four, and we're going to wrap it up next week. But the first teaching was to have simple fellowship. I'm not going to go over all the points. You can go back over those on the podcast. Uh, number two is knowing God's word. In order to know God, you, gotta know, you have to know God's word. Number three was last week knowing God's presence. We have to understand the presence of God. And I encourage you, if you haven't listened to that last week, go on the podcast. Listen to it. Today is knowing God's voice. Knowing the voice of the Lord, one of the most important things that Jesus said to do. He said, as soon as I leave, my replacement is going to be the Holy Spirit, and you're going to know the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord is what we need today in our lives. No matter what you're going through, you need to know the voice of the Lord. And then next week, we're going to wrap it up with something really cool, and I encourage you not to miss next week. But today, we're talking about knowing God's voice, and our text is going to be John chapter 10. John chapter 10 and verse 2. Would you open your Bible to that? John chapter 10 and verse 2. But he who enters, Jesus is talking, by the door, is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. Would you underline the sheep hear? The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Underline also, he calls his own sheep calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Can you say the words know his voice? We're talking about knowing God's voice. And Jesus talks about two groups of sheep here. One is he says that he's talking to all the sheep. He's saying the sheep hear him. But he calls his own sheep by name, which are some distinct sheep out of all the sheep. And he says that the sheep follow him because his sheep know his voice. They follow, notice, because they know the voice of the shepherd. You don't just follow anybody, right? You don't follow any voice, but you follow voices that you know and that you recognize. I remember someone telling about a story that they went out to see shepherds out in this field and and it was a huge, huge field with hundreds of sheep and it was actually not only hundreds of sheep in one fold, but there was thousands of sheep because there was probably anywhere from six to ten shepherds that were out there with their own flock. 
And the shepherds would lead their flock out to a field uh, in this huge gathering, I mean, uh, over, over seeing a hill and, and, and grassy, grassy area. And they would allow their sheep to go feed because that's what shepherds do. They, they want to make sure they take care of the sheep. And so the, uh, they, they came over this hill and all of a sudden, you know, these hundred, hundred plus sheep come down and gather in and start eating. But they're, they're mixing in with the rest of the sheep. Now, I would think not being a shepherd, oh man, how are they ever going to get those sheep back, right? And so they'd let them, you know, out there feed for a couple hours or however long they do. And then, you know, if you just watched it, you'd think this is going to be a mess trying to get their sheep all back. I mean, the sheep all look the same, right? And sheep aren't very smart. But all of a sudden, you'd have one shepherd, and he'd go, and you have sheep turn around. Same sheep that came in. They'd turn around, and they'd just follow the shepherd, and they'd walk away with the shepherd. And then this other guy goes, you know, and the sheep go out this way, and they go, and, and it was a miracle. It's just within a few minutes, all of the sheep that came in and were all together happened to just go back to their shepherd and follow their shepherd. How did that happen? See, when Jesus was giving an example, Jesus was saying, my sheep know my voice. They can be mixed with the world all week long. They can be involved in all kinds of other things. But all of a sudden, when the master gives his call, my sheep will go after it and will come and gravitate back to him, right? He said, that's what Jesus is saying. He said, my sheep know my voice. Can I tell you, knowing the voice of the Lord is one of the most important things in our entire life. You know, you can be in a conversation in a room, if you go into a crowded room and you can be in a conversation with a lot of different people and, uh, and all of a sudden you hear a familiar voice like right back over here. Does that ever happen? And you go, oh, I just heard Bill, right? I just heard, where, where's, hey, there he is. He's, come over here. I heard, how did you know I was here? I heard your voice out of a out of hundred people in the room. I heard your voice. And what do you do? Come over here. Jesus said, not only do my sheep know my voice, but he said, they follow because they know my voice. People would follow Jesus more easily if they could recognize who it was that was speaking. I said, people could follow Jesus. They say, why is it so hard to follow Jesus? If you knew it was Jesus, it may be easier for you to follow. You follow the voice that you know. You follow the voice that you trust. Well, he says down in verse 5, and yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they don't know the voice of strangers. I want you to notice what Jesus says. He says, you follow him because you know his voice, but you don't follow strangers because you don't know their voices. Why do we have so much difficulty with dealing with stuff in our lives? Like, I just can't get over it. I can't. Well, because we're familiar with two voices. We're familiar with God's voices, but we're familiar with a lot of other people's voices as well. You won't follow a voice that you don't know. Jesus said, they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from them. You know, if you knew that someone was going to mess you up and they said, hey, why don't you follow me in that? You probably wouldn't go after it, right? It's not really a tempting thing because you don't recognize it. What, what do we tell our kids to do with strangers? We tell them, tell them, don't talk to strangers, right? You can go out to a public place or whatever, but hey, don't talk to strangers. Why? Because you don't know them. They're not good people to follow or go after. I remember when I was in the third or fourth grade. And uh, I lived in Long Beach. Uh, our family lived in Long Beach, California. And uh, we, we had a bus stop that was about, oh, about a block away. It wasn't too far. My parents worked and, and, I, and we got up and we got dressed and I would just walk down about a block down to the bus stop. 
And I remember walking down to the bus stop and I got down to the corner and, uh, and you know, I was kind of had about, I don't know, half a block to go down this way after I turned to the right. And a car came up and pulled up, you know, next to me, beside me. And he said, hey, son. Now, I didn't recognize his voice. And I didn't recognize him. He was ugly, okay? I looked over and I said, he said, hey, son. He said, you need a ride? I was in third or fourth grade. I said, oh, no, I'm good. He said, get in. Get in. I'll give you a ride. And I said, oh, no, I'm good. And I took off running. Now, why did I take off running? Because I didn't want to ride? No, because I didn't know the voice. I didn't know who he was. And we teach our kids, don't listen to strangers because you don't know their motives. You don't know their agenda. But can I tell you, we in our lives familiarize ourselves with many voices. And then we wonder why we can't hear the voice of the shepherd. We familiarize ourselves with many, many voices that are out there. In fact, we're, we're taught to educate yourself, get different opinions, get different views. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't educate ourselves. I, I, you know, I, I've done that as well. Uh, but you won't follow a stranger, Jesus said, if you don't know his voice. You won't follow a stranger if you don't know his voice. Quit listening to unfamiliar voices and keep your hearts and ears attentive to God's voice in your life. We can research and do explorations and philosophies and study different religions and study all these things just to get our minds open to everything. But can I tell you, if you're opening your mind and your heart to other voices, it's going to be hard for you to hear the voice of the Lord clearly. His voice is the voice that we need to hear in our lives. Can I tell you, one of the oldest tricks of the enemy is to get you to go away from what God said and to go after what you think God knows. You hear it all the time now. Oh, I'm going through a trial. Well, the Lord knows. You know, and I'm not saying it's wrong to say that, but I'm saying if everything's just, well, the Lord knows. You know, I don't really know what to do in this situation. Well, I don't know, but he knows. And let me show you where this is. The best way to know what God knows is to start by what he said. I'm not, I know the Lord knows, and I know sometimes I don't know what the Lord knows. But what I do know is what the Lord said. And we need to go back to what the Lord said. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, I want to show you. This is the oldest trick in the book by, by Satan. It says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. I want to remind you that Satan is crafty and he's been at this a long time. And he's trying to take you and me out. He says, he was more cunning than any beast of the field. And he said to the woman, listen to this. Has God indeed said... I want you to notice the very first thing that Satan tempted Eve with was to doubt the voice of the Lord, was to doubt the words of the Lord. Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may freely eat of all the trees of the garden, but the tree that is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shouldn't eat it, nor should you touch it lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, listen to this, you shall not surely die for God knows. Notice he was trying to take her off of what God said and put her onto, well, God knows. God knows better than this. Well, if God knows better, he would have said it. God said, don't eat of the tree. So what should she have done? Held on to the word of the Lord. And if she would have held on to the word of the Lord, what would have happened? Maybe we wouldn't be through all this sin stuff. Right? Satan's crafty. The first thing he wants to do is take you away from what God said in your life to focus on what God knows. Then Eve says this, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. Can I tell you, even Eve was unclear about what God said. God didn't say, you shall not touch it. See, probably she had this thing in her hand or she had this thing right here and she's going, God said we shouldn't eat it or touch it. God didn't even say that. God just said, don't eat it. 
See, he got her off on even what God said. He got her mixed up on what God said. If the enemy can get your focus off of what God said, it eliminates our faith to stand on his word. If the enemy can get our faith away from what God spoke, then our faith can't stand on anything. Here's why. We don't know what God knows. Isaiah 55 does say that his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So if we just go, well, God knows, what we're saying is, well, God knows and I don't. And so I don't really, so where's my faith? Well, my faith's in the Lord. What do you mean your faith's in the Lord? If your faith's in the Lord, your faith should be in the word of the Lord. If the enemy can get our focus off of what God said, it eliminates our faith. When you're going through a circumstance, we shouldn't just chalk it up to what does God know. We should come back to say, Lord, what does your word say? What have you spoken to me? What have you put in my heart? He got her eyes onto processing the situation naturally, Eve's eyes. And so what happened, the Bible says here in verse 6, that when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it and gave to her husband and he ate When she saw, when she started processing what God knew rather than what God said, when she started processing that the, it was good for food, it was nutritious, it was pleasant to the eyes, it was delicious, and it was desirable to make one wise, it was like good brain food. Like, you know, she's saying, how could this be bad for me? It looks good, tastes good, it's good for my, my, my body. And so she took it, she overlooked what God said and evaluated the circumstances based on what God knows, which is what Satan said to do. And she ate and she sinned and then she caused her husband to sin. And he sinned as well. You catching what I'm saying today? We need to follow what the Lord said. Common sense and reasoning will often lead you into judgment. Evaluating the pros and cons will often lead you into something that God did not lead you into. Hearing the voice of the Lord, following the direction of God is the only thing that will lead us into the will of God for our lives. We must listen to God's voice and not to a stranger's voice. We must listen to God's voice and not to our own reasoning. So I'm going to give you three quick ways on how to know God's voice. Number one, start with what God already said. Write this down. Start with what God already said. What does the word say about the situation? Can I tell you, God will not contradict himself. God will not say one thing and then he's going to come and tell you something else. See, we need to stick with the word of God and any prophecy you get needs to confirm this. Amen? If you get some off thing and it goes away from this, we're in trouble, friends, right? So we need to stick with what God already said. And then, man, the prophecies are the icing on the cake. So number one, start with what God already said. God will not contradict himself. Matthew 24, 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. God's voice will always be in line with his word. Anything he speaks to you will always be in line with what he already said in his word. Someone might come up and say, well, I, I just feel like the Lord spoke to me that I'm supposed to marry Juanita. You know, Juanita looks good, and she came into church, and I'm supposed to marry Juanita. And I said, no, God didn't say that. Well, how do you know God didn't say it? Because you're already married to Sheila. <laughs> right? See, God's not going to contradict his word. He's not going to come say, one, no, but God spoke to me. No, no, that wasn't God. That was something else. God's not going to go against his word, Right? So number one is start with what God already said. Start with what his word said about the situation. Number two, when making plans, ask God what to do. When making plans, ask him what to do in prayer. James chapter 1 
And verse 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproaching it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith. I want you to notice, ask of God in faith and it will be given. Ask of God in faith and it will be given. Can I tell you, if you have a need or you have a question from God, if you ask God in faith, he will give you the answer. James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not. Come on, say it, church. You do not have because you do not. You do not ask. You have to believe that God is going to give you the answer when you pray. I was on the phone with a pastor a, a couple months back. And he said, hey, can I pray with you about anything? And I said, yeah, you know, I'm praying about such and such situation. Would you pray with me about that situation? And right, in, right after I said it, something came up in my heart and said, you haven't prayed about the situation. You're just asking him to pray. You're trying to ask him to do your work. Anybody ever do that or is that just me? Yeah, you ask him to do your work. And you know what I did? I stopped myself and I said, hey, pastor, I apologize. I said, um, I don't need you to pray about the situation. I haven't even prayed about it yet. And I said, I just want to be honest with you because I'm not going to ask you to pray about something that I'm not doing my own work on it. So I, so I got off the phone and I stopped and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I ask you what to do in this situation. And immediately dropped up in my spirit exactly what to do. Dropped into my heart exactly what to do. See, we don't just need to ask someone else, can you pray for me? Can you pray for me? Brother, can you pray for me? Hey, can you pray for me? Hey, would you pray for me? Would you? And you go, I got the whole church praying for me. Well, that doesn't matter. The Bible didn't say get the whole church to pray for you. The Bible says you ask, right? Now, the whole church can agree with you that you're going to get the answer, but it's important that we ask of the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 uh, through 7 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. How do you trust in the Lord with all of your heart? Well, you, you have to trust in what he said with all of your heart. It would be, you know, somebody comes up and says, don't trust that guy. You know, you, you come up and I'm, sometimes I'll be talking to somebody every, every once in a while. I'm talking to somebody and I walk away and somebody will say, hey, by the way, don't trust that guy. Uh, because, and probably it, ha it comes down to this. He said something that he's not going to follow through with. When the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, you know what it's saying? Trust in what he said. Trust that what he said is going to come to pass with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't depend on what you know or even what you think God is doing. Depend on what God says. Well, I just trust God. I'm not saying that's wrong. I trust God too. But we have to trust, we have to trust what the Lord said. Well, I don't know what the Lord said. Well, that's the point. Find out what the Lord said. And then we can trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. What is he saying? Don't lean on our heads. Lean on our hearts. Don't lean on what we know. Lean on what we believe on the inside. And then he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Stop and ask God what to do. Ask God, what are you saying to do in this situation? And listen to this, and he'll direct your paths. Acknowledge him. I want you to get this. Acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he'll direct your paths. Acknowledge him in your direction, and he'll direct your steps. You'll direct your path. What that means is if I were to come up to a person who was familiar with the territory and I were to say, how do I get to your house? It's about a mile away if they're riding with me in the car. They're my passenger, okay? So I would say, how do I get to your house? And they would say, oh, just go up to the next block and make a right. And then they would just wait. And I would go up to the next block and i make a right. And they say, okay, I'm about two blocks, make a left. They're telling me how to go on the way, right? I don't stop and say, no, I want to know how to get there. 
I want you to tell me all up front how to get there. I'd probably forget. It probably wouldn't help me. They'd probably have to repeat themselves. Can I tell you, so many times when we want God to speak to us, we want him to tell us the whole plan. We want him to tell us how it looks next year and the year after and 10 years from now and who, who am I going to marry and, and who am I, who, how is my career going to turn out and what is this? Well, how does this lead to this and how does this lead to this? And the Lord says, just turn left. See, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. He'll tell you the next place to turn. He'll tell you the next place to go straight. He'll tell you when to stop. All you have to do is just do the next thing he told you to do and he's going to get you there. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. He'll direct your paths. The point is whenever you're making a decision, ask God to direct you and he will show you the next step to take. That's a word for somebody in here today. God will show you the next step to take. And then number three, three points. Number three is keep your heart open to God's voice and start with what you already know. Keep your heart open to God's voice and start with what you already know. When I say God's voice, it's probably not audible. Most of the time, it's not an audible voice. I can't remember in my whole life hearing an audible voice of God, but it's usually a sense. It's a scripture. It's a knowing. It's a green light on the inside. It's a direction that you have on the inside. And the more that you begin to obey the voice of the Lord, the more clearly it becomes to you over time. Open your heart to God's voice. Well, who is the voice of the Lord? Jesus said before he left, John 14, 16, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. I want you to notice who's with us today. The Holy Spirit is in you today. If you've received Jesus as the Lord of your life, if you've opened up your heart to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit resides inside of you today. That is who's directing you. He says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells in you and will be with you. The Holy Spirit is in you and with you every step of the way. Every decision that you're making, you have the helper, the guide, the one who knows everything about everything, lives on the inside of you, waiting to help you. He says, but you know him because he dwells in you and will be with you. Where is the Holy Spirit? Come on, just point to yourself. He's inside of me. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. And then Jesus said in John 16, 14, that he will glorify me and take what is mine and declare it to you. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and he'll speak to you. It says right here, he'll take what is mine and declare it to you. He'll speak to you. So if you say, well, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit in me. Well, if I was standing outside and you say, I don't know if, if, I don't know if you're inside my house. I would say, I'm not. I'm outside your house. How do, how do you get me inside your house? Invite me in. How do you invite the Holy Spirit in? You say, Holy Spirit, I invite you in. God, I invite you into my life. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, direct me. You can talk to him. Why? He's a real person. And he's here ready to speak to us. Keep your heart open to God's voice and start with what you already know. That's how you keep your heart open to the voice of the Lord is by keeping your heart open to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But start with what you already know. Listen to this. It's easy to focus on what you don't know. You may be facing a decision and you have 15 things that you don't know what to do, but you have one thing that you're, you're pretty certain that that's what you're supposed to do. Don't focus on what you don't know that will lead you nowhere. Darkness leads to more darkness. There's a scripture in Psalm chapter 36 that I go back to very often. Psalm 36 and verse 9. And it says this. For with you is the fountain of life. And in your light we see light. 
In your light, we see light. Can you say that out loud? In your light, we see light. In God's light, we see light. Notice it doesn't say in the darkness, we see light. No, it says in God's light, we see light. Start with what you do know. Quit saying, I'm not sure what to do. But I'm not sure what to do. Yeah, that's what I mean. Don't quit saying that. Start saying, I have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit resides inside of me. I asked him what to do and he's going to give me direction. He's going to show me the next step to take. I'm not going to miss it. A good place to start is the things that I know that God already said to me. What did God already say to you? There may be things that you go, you know, I don't really know what the Lord's saying to me. What's the last thing he spoke to your heart? Go back to that. Start at the last place you were pretty sure that God put something on your heart and start there. And that's where you find direction. You usually find direction at the last place of obedience. The last place that you obeyed God. That's where you'll find direction. And pick it up from there and continue to acknowledge God. Listen, never focus on what you don't know, what you don't have, and what you can't do. Never focus on what you don't know, what you don't have, and what you can't do. That doesn't lead anywhere. Start with what you do know. You have everything you need to get started. And I say this by direction of the Lord to you today, to every individual in the room. You have everything you need to get started. You're not waiting on God, and you're not waiting on anyone else. You have everything you need to follow God's path for your life. If you don't know what to do, go back to the last thing he told you to do and start there. Knowing God's voice isn't difficult, but it does require intentionality and courage. So to summarize this, listen, stop listening to the voice of strangers. I gave you the three points. Start with what God already said. Number two, when making plans, ask him what to do. Number three, keep your heart open to God's voice and start with what you already know. I'm going to read one closing illustration and then we're going to be done today, okay? It says a young man had been to a Wednesday night Bible study and the pastor had shared about listening to God and obeying the Lord's voice. The young man couldn't help but wonder, does God still speak? And after the service, he went out with some friends for coffee and pie, and they discussed the message. And several different ones talked about how God had led them in different ways. Well, it was about 10 o'clock when the young man started driving home. Sitting in his car, he just began to pray. God, if you still speak to people, would you speak to me? I will listen and I'll do my best to obey. As he drove down the main street of his town, he had the strangest thought to stop and buy a gallon of milk. He shook his head and he said out loud, God, is that you? He didn't get a reply. <laughs> and he started on toward home. But again, the thought, buy a gallon of milk. The young man thought about Samuel and how he didn't recognize the voice of God and how little Samuel ran to Eli. Well, the man said, okay, God, in case that is you, I will buy the milk. You know, it didn't seem like too hard of a test of obedience. He could always use the milk. <laughs> so he stopped and he purchased a gallon of milk and he started off toward home. As he passed by 7th Street, he again felt the urge, turn down that street. This is crazy, he thought, and he drove past the intersection. <laughs> again, he felt that he should turn down 7th Street. At the next intersection, he turned back and he headed down 7th Street. Half joking, he said uh, out loud, Okay, God, I will. And he drove several blocks. Then suddenly, he felt like he should stop. He pulled over to the curb. And he looked around. And he was in a semi-commercial area of town. It wasn't the best. wasn't the worst part of the neighborhood. Either the businesses were closed or most of the houses looked dark, like the people were already in bed. 
And again, he sensed something. Go give the milk to the people in the house across the street. The young man looked at the house. It was dark. It looked like people were either gone or they were already asleep. And he started to open the door uh, of his car. And then he sat back in his car seat. He said, Lord, this is insane. Those people are asleep. And if I wake them up, they're going to be mad at me and I'm going to look stupid. Again, he felt like he should go and give the milk. Finally, he opened the door. Okay, God, this is you. I'm going to go to the door. I'm going to give him the milk. If you want me to look uh, like a crazy person, okay, I want to be obedient. I guess that will count for something. But if they don't answer right away, I'm out of there. He walked across the street. He rang the bell. Or he could hear some noise on the inside. And a man's voice yelled out, who is it? What do you want? Then the door opened before the young man could get away. <laughs> the man was standing there in his jeans and a t-shirt. He looked like he had just got out of bed. He had a strange look on his face and he didn't seem too happy to have some stranger standing at the doorstep. What is it? The young man thrust out the gallon of milk. Here, I, I brought this to you. And the man took the milk and rushed down the hallway speaking loudly in Spanish. Then from the hall, down from the hall came a woman carrying the milk toward the kitchen. The man was following her holding a baby. The baby was crying. The man had tears streaming down his face. And the man began to speak with half crying. He said, we, we, we were just praying. And we have some big bills come up this month. And we ran out of money. <laughs> and we didn't have any milk for our baby. And I was just praying. And I was asking God to show me how to get some milk. And his wife in the kitchen yelled out, I asked him to send an angel with some. Are you an angel? <laughs> And the young man reached into his wallet and pulled out all his money that he had on him, put it in the man's hand. He turned, walked back toward his car, and the tears were streaming down his face. And he knew that God still answers prayer. That's a great story, and it's a true story, but I believe God has those kinds of things set up all the time, but it takes us just being obedient to the simple things that God has in, us, in our lives. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? And would you ask the Lord right now, Lord, what are you speaking to me? <laughs> Maybe it seems ridiculous. What are you saying to me? What are you telling me to do? What are you telling me to step out on? What are you telling me to not do? Where is your voice leading me? Even if I don't understand the way, <laughs> I do know that this is the next step. And I well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.